0: Hey, what's up, Golf Strategy School? Marty here with you again, and you're listening to the only podcast that is all about breaking 90, getting over that first big milestone score. Now, as you probably know, we've been talking the last couple weeks specifically on breaking 80. This week, we're talking about our kind of cornerstone fundamental number three, which is how to perform under pressure. Obviously, We all need to learn how to perform under pressure regardless of what score we're shooting for, but it's a much bigger part of breaking 80 because the pressure mounts even more. So before I get too much further into this, let's talk about it. All right, so the pressure cooker, the breaking 80 pressure cooker. How do we do this? Well, you've heard me talk about probably since... Episode seventy I don't know that's like fifty straight episodes of the importance of actually having a practice that has a pass or a fail to it so many times people go and they just hit balls, and you know what that's exercise uh you might be working on a swing change. It's a totally good reason to not have a failure based practice, but when we're actually working towards learning how to score better we need to have a failure-based practice. This can look like a lot of different things. The one I always go to, the one I talk about all the time, the one I do every single time before I play golf is the six-foot putting ladder. This is a failure-based practice because we set up conditions for passing or failing, and we have to put ourselves through multiple steps in order to get the pass rather than just having a one-and-done situation. So for the six-foot putting ladder, we've got five putts, 6 feet at a time, 6, 12, 18, 24, and 30 feet, all in a straight line, and we have to get the ball to the hole, but not more than, let's say, 36 inches beyond the hole. So we lay a club down behind it. We go through our routine, and we try to make the putts, but it's not a big deal if we miss as long as the ball got to the hole and stopped before that club we have laying down behind it. That is a failure-based practice. So we take that 6-foot putt. If we pass that circumstance – then we move on to the 12 foot button. So, what we end up having to do is we have to complete five consecutive shots within our parameters in order for us to pass this practice. That is how a failure based practice works compared to, I guess I'll just call it exercise or what we used to call it in high school, rake and fire, where you just pull a new ball over, smack it, and continue. So, we have to have a failure based practice. The other thing that we have to do, or the the other reason why we want to have this failure-based practice is because not only does it it teach us what those pressure situations feel like in our practice, so we're getting more familiar with pressure, it's actually teaching us to perform under higher, higher pressure situations. I was going to say higher risk, but it's not higher risk. It's teaching us how to perform under higher pressure situations in our practice. So that way when we go out onto the course and we go to play one shot, we only have to do with the example of putting, we only have to leave it in that kinda 36 inch bucket one time compared to having to do it five times in a row. So that's really why our failure based practices have to be integrated into our schema when we're working towards breaking 80. Now the other thing when it comes to to practicing under pressure that we can do is we can work on our kind of our, our commitment to our shots. And I think commitment to shots is something that kind of straddles our third cornerstone and our fourth cornerstone, fourth cornerstone being the mental game. So commitment to shots is something that it really comes down to waffling, right? So if you're in between clubs, which do you take? Are you indecisive about it? When you make your swing, did you really, really commit to the club in your hand or were you still thinking about the other choice? So if we're hitting a nine iron, if we're you know, in between a nine and an eight, do we hit the nine iron and just live with it? Or were we still thinking about, oh boy, maybe, maybe it should have been a soft eight instead of a firm nine, something like that. Measuring your commitment is something that you need to do. And what we can do to measure our commitment is, just like any other statistic, we track it on our card. I know you're probably familiar with, as one of my students, Matt, says, your furs and your gurs, your fairways in regulation and your greens in regulation. You're probably familiar with tracking that, familiar with tracking putting. But another thing to add to that statistic is commitment. Did you did you waffle on any given shot. Now this isn't just about between clubs. This is also about target line. A lot of times people will, they'll see a pin that's kind of a sucker pin. It might be kind of tucked behind a bunker and they know, they know that they're supposed to go for the middle of the green, but for whatever reason, it's just so tantalizing sitting out there hanging off the bunker. You can, you can do it. You can clear it. It's only, you know, whatever, 141 yards to clear the bunker. You should be able to do it, but you shouldn't like, unless that was the plan, unless you're like coming to the end of your round and you're in a tournament and you're playing with the person who's winning and you know that it's got to be all caution to the wind. Only then should you really be aiming for a sucker pin. And still, even when you do, you have to measure whether or not you were committed to that target line. So it's not just about in between clubs. It's committed to target line. It's also commitment to when we're putting, what that line of the putt is. You read a putt, and especially with those ones, if you're right-handed, the ones that break left to right, you know, downhill left to right putts, ooh, those are the knee knockers. So were you committed to that breaking left to right putt? You said, you know what, I think it's only just a little bit above the hole, it's one ball above the hole, but with some pace. Did you stick to the plan? Did you give it the proper pace or did you get scared and leave it short? So that's what commitment is in line of putts, in target line of clubs, and obviously in club selection. Now, when you track this, and I encourage you to, when you track this, it's important to start to realize where those where those cracks show up where those those breaks in the commitment chain happen do you have it happen more often with your tee shot line you know whether it's driver three wood rescue club four iron whatever it may be if you say i need to aim out here and make a good confident swing at the right side of the fairway. Cause you know, you draw the ball. Did you actually stay committed and swing towards that right side of the fairway? Or did you get a little nervous, get a little pull happy? And did you miss a fairway in the, in the left because you were too afraid to actually swing out towards your target? Those are things you have to get a little bit more introspective on, but if you can kind of track what club you used and what that commitment was, yes or no, pass or fail, then you can make strides towards working on your commitment in those specific specific in those specific circumstances. So maybe you're super confident with your pitching wedge, nine iron, eight iron, seven iron, but you start to lose confidence in your six iron and your five iron. In that type of circumstance, you're gonna know that you need to work more on commitment with those clubs. And you don't have to waste your time as much on the commitment to the lower irons. So just something to keep in mind that commitment is something that spans a lot of different categories, a lot of different circumstances, and they all should be tracked. So when it comes to performing under pressure, we need to have our failure-based practices, and then we have to have our measurement of commitment. Once you know where your weaknesses are in your commitment, then you start to lean your failure-based practices more into those weaknesses of commitment. Because if you can't commit, you are going to have a hard time passing a failure-based practice. So once you identify those weaknesses, those cracks in your commitment coat of arms, I like alliteration, so sue me. Don't sue me, but I like alliteration. So if you find those cracks in your commitment coat of arms, let's put our failure based practices in those cracks so we can shore them up and become a more consistent, confident golfer that has the ability to break 80. So if you can do that, you're going to be far better off. And obviously I'll be catching you in the short grass. In case you didn't know, We are, for the entirety of September 2020, we are offering the Golf Strategy Academy. It's the Breaking 80 Blueprint and the Breaking 90 Blueprint and the Golf Strategy Community for just $19 per month. You sign up in the month of September, you'll be able to get in there and lock in your price at just $19 per month. After September ends, prices are going up. So, Go ahead, get in. I got a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you get in and you don't like it, it's not a problem. I've got about three quarters of that Breaking 80 Blueprint built and ready to go. So you'll be able to get started right away. I'm going to continue to add to it going forward, even beyond the end of September. But I'm going to have the Breaking 80 Blueprint in its entirety done by the end of the month. And then I'll be adding extra lessons, extra expert interviews and sessions to that afterwards. So if that's something you're interested in, head over to golfstrategyacademy.com slash breaking 80, or just check out the link uh, in the show notes here in the description, and you'll be able to click over to it there. But hey, you follow those two principles, make sure that we're actually tracking our commitment and make sure that we're marrying that with our failure-based practices, and you're going to become a much better golfer under pressure. Take care, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par slash Griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of